welcome to the Vocal Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Lee Martin Thomas. Join me and my guest speakers as they discuss the journey they've had with their own voice, as well as light bulb moments, stories, and personal wisdoms. Vocal Freedom is a bi-weekly podcast raising awareness about vocal health and well-being from members of the voice community. Welcome to episode 28 of the Vocal Freedom Podcast. My guest this week is Andy Hopgood, a respected vocalist and saxophonist who achieved her Masters in Jazz from the Guildhall School of Music and Drama in 2005. Her music crosses jazz, blues, pop and soul, and she has a passion for improvisation. Andy's performance work has taken her all over the UK, Europe and the USA. Alongside her solo work, current projects include the London Vocal Project led by Pete Churchill, blues and soul band Hoppy and the Hopefuls, a jazz duo with pianist Jim Watson and trio with saxophonist Martin Hathaway. Andy's also returned to university life as a vocal tutor at Anglia Ruskin University and leads choirs including the Suffolk Soul Singers Community Choir, Heart and Soul Choir and the Cambridge Jazz Festival Choir. A musician's union member since the tender age of 16, Andy has served as vice chair of the MU's executive committee, the decision-making body of the union. Andy's previously been chair of the Equality Subcommittee, working on MU policies promoting equality and challenging inequality across the music industry. She's also represented UK musicians on the world stage, most recently addressing a conference of international musicians, unions and organisations on health and safety issues, including mental health and wellbeing. Her activism is not just confined to the MU, and he's also been a local councillor on her local trades council and leads a local network of music industry professionals all in her hometown of Ipswich. So my first question to you, Andy, how would you describe your journey with your voice? So I, I started as an instrumentalist. So I played instruments um, as a kid and I always sang in choirs and I enjoyed singing. But I, I didn't really have any, I didn't have a singing lesson until I was at uni. Mm-hmm. So I was at, uh, yeah, I went to Colchester Institute and did my undergrad there. And I was playing instruments. So I was doing cello, saxophone and euphonium. Ooh, <laughs> that's so exciting. So I got to, well, I got to play in everything. I got to play in the orchestra, the big band, yeah. the and the brass. Like, I got to do everything, which was great. Because I just love playing. That was the thing. I just love playing and I love music. So I guess my, you know, growing up, I came to music not through a specific instrument or a specific way. Mm. So it was just music as music. And all these different things around me, you know, I was singing choirs, playing, you know, all these things, which I think was a really good way to come to it. And I was, in my teens, I started sort of singing in bands and stuff. But I hadn't thought, oh, I could study singing, you know, properly. And then uh, I was seeing a brass band rehearsal one day. Yeah. Um, and my fellow euphonium player, she, um, she went to the jazz singers group. And I didn't know this group existed. She went, oh, you're, you're into singing, aren't you? you like, why don't you come along to the jazz singers group? I went, oh, okay. So, um, and it was Trudy Kerr, lovely jazz, great jazz singer. Um, who was running this session and um, and we learned a song and then she was like, you know, does anyone feel like they could improvise on it? And because um, I'd been singing with bands and improvising, you know, I, so I was like, yeah, okay. So I went off on a, you know, scat solo. She was like, 
who are you? <laughs> are you doing singing? I was like, no. She was like, you have to do singing. Oh, oh that's like, amazing. Oh. Okay. Because I just absorbed, like, as I said, I came through it all, you know, and I'd love listening to records and transcribing things from records. And it was just a fun thing. I wasn't doing it to study. Yeah. It was, you know. So, um, so I, I went to my parents and I went, can you pay for me to have some extra singing lessons? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then I started having, having lessons with um, Trudy. And then in my second year, I swapped to first time singing. I did singing and sax and specialised more in jazz and, you know, which is always my sort of heart and soul. Yeah. But I genuinely didn't know you could go to college and study jazz, which sounds silly because those courses have been around forever. But yeah. I'd just not thought about it. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, so, jazz wasn't really on my radar. I mean, I remember my, my dad taking me to some jazz concert when I was about 11. I mean, it's just not the environment. I really didn't yeah. understand it. And there were so many uh, musicians on this big stage. And it just sounded messy to me at some point yeah. because there was just so many things going on at the same time. I wanted to go home and listen to Madonna. I just didn't really, <laughs> I just didn't get it. Whereas my dad was a jazz musician. Yeah, I mean, amazing. So I've grown up my whole life. Sit, sitting under tables in pubs trying not to be spotted oh, wow. at his gigs, you know. My mum mm. used to say, be quiet. If you are not, if you don't behave, you can't come again, you know. So you yeah. sit there and watch the gigs, you know. So, I'd, yeah, again, I'd absorbed all this stuff and suddenly, you know, realised, oh, oh, I didn't know I had this. I didn't know I was good at this. <laughs> I mean, the, the, I think having the skill, having, having your musicianship really puts you in a fantastic position to understand music, doesn't it? I mean, just in terms of you know when I work with students now who if, if we get to the sort of improvisation stage it's so full of fear because they haven't necessarily got that yeah. grounding and understanding modes yeah. and and scales and things I mean I would I would say like I don't I think I think to, to start improvising and enjoying it you don't need to know any theory you just need to have confidence yeah you know we've all got ears that will lead us to the right place so yeah, that's um, good advice um, especially for, um, especially with kind of blues and gospel, that kind of improvising, mm. um, you know, I think your ears will lead you to the right place. And a lot of the time it's confidence and generating ideas and that kind of, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so I never really worked on my voice really until um, I, I went to Guildhall and did my postgrad and thought, because I was like, oh, jazz, right, oh, boy, I need to do more jazz. <laughs> yeah um and was felt so sort of honored to get into that course because it's you know it's a tough one and then yeah I started I had um um Lee Gibson was my voice teacher and I think that's probably the first time I did any technical stuff ever mm. which sounds ridiculous doesn't it so uh and then the, the course the course at Guildhall is like you know you're you're chucked in with all the instrumentalists and um and that's tough, um, but I sort of thrived on it a bit. Yeah, so, and that's that's kind of when I got sort of just really into improvising and really into that's my thing. You yeah. Know, this is I really enjoy, this is, you know. Um, and then had some lessons with Anita Wardell, who is just like amazing scat singer. And she kind of sort of helped me through. Even then though, not much technique, just more about improv scales exercises mm. for improvising and yeah things like that so 
and then I think when I left Guildhall and I started gigging around more as a singer, I decided myself that um, I wanted to work on bridging. I'd never had a break in my voice, but just getting that kind of head voice, mixed voice. Like I just didn't want to have that that effort of that mm. gap. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I just worked on that myself, really, with exercises and you know singing difficult songs and like working on them. And but I didn't really have a teacher at that point to help me through it. I just knew it was something that I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and anything like that, like we say to our students, is just doing it every day. Yeah. And then suddenly I started seeing results. I was like, yes, I've managed to like. You know, because I was doing a lot of pop gigs and stuff, and I was like, I need more power. I need more power, and so that was something I had to just sort of, yeah, get through myself. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not a technician at all, and unless it comes to improvising. <laughs> yeah, that's your special source. And then source. that's kind of my, you know, and every, you know, and then I learned and read a lot about, you know, the boys in my twenties, and then I sort of started teaching singing, and so yeah, a lot of it I've kind of learned on my own and then you know your voice changes so much as you get older and I had a big kind of say hiccup with my voice but um I had um I had a breakdown when I was 29 so I had a period of not singing at all okay which was hard yeah so yeah I was just totally kind of out of life for about nearly a year and then about a year after that I ended up on life support for nine days oh my gosh got the flu and after that my voice was destroyed wow <laughs> oh my god were you intub- um, were you intubated is it was it yeah yeah so and basically they put it's, it's like an inflatable thing oh god inflate it to um keep the tubes in place mm. so when i woke up i was literally like like there was it yeah was nothing. nothing there and it took me it must be a year and a half to get my voice back properly. wow oh my gosh it was so not in a good place like um that's terrifying so that was it was terrifying yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> but again just slowly slowly working 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 and strengthening strengthening and like i feel i feel probably the best i would have about my voice now amazing um, awesome. but yeah a couple of real kind of hiccups like late 20s and you know early 30s and that was quite a well and just a bit of a reality that it's really fragile yeah absolutely I've always been like oh my voice is so tough you know because I've never had any problems oh it's so fine you know and then something like that and you go wow it can just go in an instant you know yeah well, I'm glad you've got. I'm glad you're back on full form now. So, I was, so on your on your um on your bio on your website, I noticed it said that you've released a couple of albums and and you've got more projects coming up. And I know that you have your own choirs and lots of choir projects. So, how did they come about? Well, the albums was just me wanting to do something really. Yeah. <laughs> and just saving up the money and going right. I'm going to do this and with no kind of great artistic whatever just I want to get something down and then a few years later oh I feel I've changed a lot I want to do it again and I would have loved to have made another album in the last few years but I just have not had the money to do it I guess it's a big (laughs) investment isn't it if someone could wave a magic wand tomorrow I'd be like yes I'm in the studio like I've got the whole thing planned yeah but you know it's tough isn't it you know these things are not cheap absolutely Um, 
so um yeah enjoyed the enjoyed the process of those like definitely and was this um, your own material or, or covers all covers so all kind of old jazz standards love that um or like some british jazz things or some things you know just just try and not pick the really obvious stuff yeah it's great um, to bring those classics in, you know, to a new audience as well, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm I'm not a writer, you know, I'm not a songwriter. It's not something I do. I'm an improviser, and you know, I'm an instant composer, not a you know. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, so it's different to your kind of someone that wants to sort of put their stuff out, but. Yeah, I'd, I'd just like a money tree at the moment. That'd be great. Oh, wouldn't it? I know. <laughs> Tell me about it. It's 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 a tricky time, but the the creatives, you know, that I know that we keep bashing on, don't we? We just carry on. And I know that's sort of the sad thing. Yeah. Because like we've always had it tough, mm. so somehow we will get through. Yeah. But I don't want to because I want them to appreciate us. But yeah. somehow we will. Yes. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we will. We'll keep fighting that corner. So let's let's ask you another question then. So um, you've obviously talked about some vocal hurdles that you had with your with your um, your health issues there. If you could go back and, and speak to your younger self, is there any advice you'd give yourself in terms of vocal care or anything to do with voice and how you look after yourself? I mean, like, don't start smoking, definitely. Okay. All right, but I mean, yeah, you, like, you, you know, you, but you that's must... just a general life thing as well, isn't it? Like, you know, <laughs> just don't do it. Um, do you think it affects your voice? Um, well, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's difficult if you've always smoked. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I've got all, yeah. Well. So it's yeah, it's stupid, isn't it? But I'm not going to judge yeah. it. I'm not judgy like that. I think everyone's entitled to do their thing and. And that's 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 fine with me. I mean, it is it's one of those things. That probably isn't the best for vocal health, but if Absolutely, you're if you're still yeah. able to to sing and you're still able to perform and you're out there entertaining people when we can, um, then who you know who who are we to judge? You know, you've got a yeah. great great set of skills there. Yeah, but I'm um yeah I'm not a I just yeah I'm a bit of I abuse my body. You know, that's just how I am. <laughs> All right, <laughs> All right sister, I'm hearing you, and I shouldn't be. <laughs> But yeah, generally, yeah, I'm just, I'm not very good at that stuff. You know, I'm not going to drink herbal tea and it's just not me. Yeah. Being in bed at eight o'clock at night, I just can't do that. So I get, I get, so I'm going to bed later and later and later. And then you sort of have the magic early night. Mm. But then I can sleep for like 14 hours. Oh, wow. That's so impressive. And I'm like, what? And then, you know, the next day and I'm like, why do I still feel rough? Oh, yeah. sleep. And I just seem to, I don't seem to feel any different. If I've had five hours or ten, like, yeah. I just you know, I had therapy for several years, obviously after having a breakdown and um, sort of recovering from sort of having depression on and off since, you know, my teens and yeah. sort of trying to sort of find myself again, you know, all those things that, have, you know, and I would say to anyone, go and have the therapy. It yeah. is like, I just feel like everyone should do it. <laughs> I came out of it a better person, like knowing myself so much more. Yeah. Um, but um, I remember saying to oh, you know, well, some nights I just can't sleep and I end up going to bed at three in the morning and then I have a nap and then, Ooh. and she's like, who cares? Yeah. She said, does it matter? And I said, well, everyone sort of says, oh, you know, you're having a nap or, oh, you're going to bed late on, you know. She said, if you're getting rest, who cares? Yeah. She said, don't let society judge you on your, you know, it's the so thing. I, I am a bit like I don't care anymore. Whatever. Yeah. 
Non-conformist. The best people. I don't sleep till 4 a.m. And I don't get up till 1 p.m. Who cares? Exactly. I live on my own. Yeah. The dog doesn't mind. Who cares? What have you got coming up with your choir? Is there any stuff coming? So you're, you're, you've kept Suffolk Soul Singers going, right? Yeah. So, uh, well, just to give a brief history of Soul yeah. Singers. So Soul Singers came about, um, I was I was working at Suffolk New College as a singing teacher, and they're like, oh, could you do a singing group? So I, start, I wrote some arrangements, because I looked around, and there was just really no decent pop arrangements mm. out there. They all sounded too choral. They were all, you know, I don't yeah. know. I want it to sound like the record, you know. It's got to be gospel harmony and, you know. So I wrote a few arrangements and we did a concert with them. And then the next year, they went, oh, yeah, we've got any budget for that this year. And I was like, oh. Mm. And I thought, there must be people that want to do this. You know, they don't want to sing in a classical choir, but they want to sing. They don't want to be gospel because it's linked to the church, you know. So yeah. So I started in a fr- with a friend of mine, um, Gemma Cunningham, who's also a singer. And we sort of rallied round and got as many people together as we could. And everyone, it started with, you know, everyone bringing their money and putting it in the Tupperware tub. You know, that's how it sort of starts off. And yeah. um, then 11 years later. Wow. Um, <coughs> we've, um, you know, we've, we've sung, you know, Snape, um, you know, Norris, we've done loads of weddings. Um, yeah, we've done some brilliant things. Um, and also we're a registered charity and we've given away something like 13 grand that's amazing years yeah um and so it's yeah it's really it 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 got a life of its own and it's sort of you know carried on um but it's a lovely community of people and i think this is in lockdown what was kind of became really important definitely it became less about the singing and more about trying to keep everyone together because for some people it's a very important thing yeah absolutely so um you know started doing the zoom sessions and i kind of started off by note bashing and carrying on as normal and you know everyone was there and everyone was cool but then i was like i need your feedback please tell me you know what we can do differently you know and they were finding the note bashing hard because this you're, you're on your own aren't you yeah so then we started singing along to our own recordings so oh. it felt like we were together yeah um, which has worked really well. I started learning some sign language. So <sighs> then I'd teach them to sign a few songs, um, which made it more visual, which really helped. And it's quite fun, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, when you can get everyone on Zoom signing around. And that's like, amazing. And you can see all the different Yeah. Like, that's quite good fun. Um, and singing some of our favourites that we haven't sung, because obviously, you know, the years you get quite a big repertoire. Mm. And After like, 11 like, years, you must... Each week, a different person's going to pick a song that we're going to, you know. And then having a little sort of sing-along at the end, just a couple of sort of favourite pop tunes that people want to... So the sessions have changed a lot. Yeah. But, you know, just listening to them and what do you need? And so we're still doing our Zoom on a Thursday. Yeah. Um, and since September, we were also doing an outdoor session on a Saturday. Oh, amazing. So when the weather's okay. Yeah, I was going to say, now we're going into the, the sort of <laughs> the crappy weather season. Like it one week, been... There's one week where we were literally in a bike shelter, like in a line. Oh. <laughs> it started raining halfway through. And I'm, you know, and I've, I've got this, you know, busking battery and keyboard. And I'm like, oh my goodness, the gear. Like, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so there's, and there's sort of a fair fair group that come along and, and do the outdoor session as well because 
that is a chance to hear the harmonies and yeah. keep them and, and work on the, the new things that we've done in lockdown that they get to then hear, which has been really nice. That's so lovely. Um, and my other choir, Cambridge Jazz Festival Choir, we carried on Zoom and they sort of asked for something completely different, which was interesting. Ah. And they, they kind of said, well, we don't really know anything about the voice or singing or, you know, so could you do a session on breathing? Or could you do a session on how the voice works? Could you do a session, you know? Mm. So I, I started sort of doing mini classes for them. And um, then I've been meeting outdoors with them since September again. But we've got a nice project coming up for the Cambridge Jazz Festival. Okay. Um, which hopefully you can help me plug. Yeah, absolutely. When, <laughs> so when is it and um, what's happening? <laughs> so, yeah, so it's, um, we're doing a, we're putting together a virtual choir for the Cambridge Jazz Festival. Okay. So we're doing a song by Pete Churchill, who taught me at Guildhall. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I sing in the London Vocal Project. Yeah, so there's a workshop on the 21st of November at 3 p.m. Right. And it's free to join. You just have to register on Eventbrite. So I'm going to do a, a bit, bit of a workshop on just kind of rhythm and moving and groove. And then we're going to learn one of Pete's songs called You Need Hope, which is perfect lockdown lyrics and then hopefully everyone's going to send their recordings in and we're going to have cambridge jazz festival virtual choir yeah it's quite a nice thing and they sort of approached and said what do you think you could do this and i was like yeah but i can't do the mixing and the video and they're like no no no, we've got someone to do that i was like well yes then yeah i'm sitting a bit but i can't sync a video and you know that stuff so um yeah so that's coming up on the 21st of november and then it's going to be premiered at the virtual jazz festival which is yeah really nice when's that taking place do you know so the, yeah. the festival itself is on the 29th 29th fantastic. Um, so there's lots of um, and there's lots of amazing music going on in the festival obviously no i tell you what i've been so impressed with you know the british voice association and the mu and all the all the people that have taken things that were going to be in person and then put them online so we've still been able to do it and I think a lot of people have gone actually this is kind of better because I haven't had to travel I haven't had to get a hotel room I can just be in my pajamas no one will care it's a lot Um, cheaper saves them I don't know if you've noticed teaching wise but um another thing I've been doing is um I did sort of a series of workshops in August yeah because I because I didn't have anything in August like August was a dead month. Everything had stopped. I was yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I put this sort of series of workshops on. On, like, you think about what are your strengths, you know. So I did one on um, an intro- introduction to vocal improv and then, like, scatsing in part one, scatsing in part two. And then the most popular one, which was, like, gospel and blues improvising. Yeah. Um, and sort of from that, a gang of people went, oh, could, could we do this every week? And I'm like, Ooh. yeah, great. So on a Tuesday, I do this sort of workshop session, which anyone is welcome to join. Um, And one week, um, we've been sort of taking a jazz standard, looking at the harmony, um, you know, seeing guide tones, and I sort of send a track round, and then everyone can have a little practice, and then we sing to each other. And and that, as a small group, seems to be the best thing that works on Zoom. Yeah, that's really good. A small group of people seems to work really well. So that's something I've been um, I've been doing every week as well, and like I said, the blues gospel improv stuff really popular. Like lots of people, are, yeah, like that one. Um, but also the geeky scat singers can come and do that as well. The geeky scat singers, <laughs> well, yeah. I've done a few streaming gigs online. How's, um, how's it gone? 
yeah well i i was lucky like in the in the first couple of months to get offered a couple of paid things and i was yeah. like yeah i'll do those i didn't want to do loads because i saw some of my friends doing it every week and i was like mm, i don't know because it feels like you're just doing it for nothing you know yeah so when i got a couple of paid opportunities i was like brilliant um and then i i was doing like a sort of community sing-along thing on a saturday night in lockdown as well mm -hmm. which was just silliness you know songs with kazoos and then i you know have a guest who came and did a few songs you know like you know it was it was it was an, it was just to keep people together you know no yeah. one could do that on a saturday night and um it sort of it became my saturday you know and lots of friends came along and met lots of new people and yeah lovely um but yeah the people sort of you know that were out there doing it every week i thought i don't just want to feel like i'm gigging every for free um and i found doing it on onto facebook was hard because you're just sort of going out into the ether and you don't really sort of so i've when i have done them i've done them on zoom mm. so i've had people along on zoom and then from there put it onto facebook i say yeah. because you've got an audience and yeah you see people's reactions and you see people clapping and you, you know people can ask me questions you know so that felt a lot more interactive definitely so from the first one that i did into facebook where i felt like I'm just talking to no one. Yeah. Deciding now it's much better when you've got, you know, a little audience around. You do need you know. that. I think as an artist, it's you need you need to feed off of something, don't you? And yeah. I've, I've, whenever I've seen people putting out the, the Facebook Lives, which I've never attempted to do a Facebook Live, but for that reason, I think it's, it doesn't feel interactive mm. and it's yeah. just like singing to your phone or to your iPad or whatever. And yeah. I'm like, I, I don't know how I could make that feel yeah. authentic. You know, it just feels like you're yeah. having a, a weird paid so the, or unpaid the Zoom, the Zoom audience was like made me feel a lot more confident about doing it. Yeah, yeah. that's really that's a really good tip actually. I hope if anyone's listening, and I've, I've had one gig, yes. one gig at the beginning of August at Snake Maltings. So oh. I'm doing another one at Snake Maltings, 27th of November. Okay, we're at Snake with my little jazz trio with Jim Watson and Alex Hearn. Um, and I've got another one in December. So I'm like. <gasps> Two, two gigs in two months it's amazing isn't it because i mean it's just everyone lost so much you know when we locked down oh, and yeah. you know all the work and you know that was the sadness was the first couple of weeks where you would just get an email and text yeah going, this is cancelled this is cancelled and it was like heartbreaking yeah it has been it's a really tough a little year. bit easier now because you know everyone's stuffed so it's like it's okay like well, well, yeah, they're all in the same boat. I mean, I, know, I mean, I think it's amazing that some of the theatres are opening again with social distancing, but yeah. they're running at a loss. So you just think, well, yeah. how, long, how long is that going to last? It's not really going to be viable to go mm. long term in this way. You know, only having sort of four people on a row where you'd normally have twenty yeah. people or something. It's it's um yeah, and the government subsidy is just like poor. Yeah, and um, none of that trickles down to actual technicians i was lucky i had the self-employment scheme um yeah. although i must say like it's not great because it's always a percentage isn't it and then yeah. it's like for me, it was a percentage of a percentage because i was also doing poa work at the same time yeah so it, it's not amazing but i was very grateful to have it you know having seen a lot of my friends that had had nothing you know so it's just very difficult very di a very difficult year so we've got to look to forward to brighter times hopefully in the future and i'm going to hit you with a really deep question oh no oh, don't worry you can <laughs> you can take your time with it but this is a question i ask all my guests i'd like to know what your voice means to you 
it's an instrument it's a means of communication and as i said i started as an instrumentalist and i guess you know not as i said i didn't have lots of technical voice um training i you know i don't say i don't look after my voice maybe but to me it is the same as a saxophone or a trumpet or a yeah you know, that's what it feels like to me and um, you play it like an instrument yes absolutely yeah. that's that's how it is that i could be playing saxophone i could be singing i mean i still play sax and like that's how it feels for me and i guess that's why i don't know i'm not i'm not quite this sort of singer singer <laughs> whatever um, that is what's a singer singer <laughs> well like i don't know like but there's all this so much online about very specialist voice stuff and you know and i think gosh i just want to learn some changes and scat like that's all i want to do it can be as simple as that. And I think yeah. as long as you're getting what you want from your voice and it does what you want it yeah. to do and what you need it to do, yeah. the rest of it is just extra stuff and not everybody needs it. I was talking it. to um, a friend of mine who's over in New York at the moment, Anthony Marsden, who you should have on here. He's brilliant. He's uh, Irish. Then went to, He studied in Birmingham and then I met him in London singing with London Vapor Project. And um, we've kept in touch via lockdown because I'm always up really late and he's in New York, so we always end up chatting. Um, and he's just finished at the Manhattan School and he's now teaching over there. And we were talking the other night um, about jazz and he was like, oh, what he said, you know, when I practice, like, you know, I just, I sort of do technique and blah, blah, but I never really practice now. I said, when I practice, like, I do a quick warm up and then I'm straight into like learning a standard or like, you know, apart from having to learn songs, like that's what I really love doing. Yeah. And I know I know that's an oddity. And he was like, really? I was like, yeah, that is like what I want to sit down and do, you know? Yeah. So he was sort of, because uh, he's very sort of holistic body, like that's his kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, but um, just a contrast of him sort of going, really? That's what you want to say in practice? And I'm like, no, that's what I want to say in practice. <laughs> That's all good. It's all good. So, what? Whose voices inspire you, Andy? Who, who, who are the like the go-to? Who could you never tire of listening to when it comes to voice? Um, so, I love Colin McRae, Betty Carter. Just been listening to more Sarah Vaughan recently, actually. Oh yeah. And realizing how kind of hip she was. Like I was listening to a live thing on YouTube, and I'm like, oh, you know, she's yeah, very cool. Shirley Horn, massive lover of Shirley Horn. Um, and her whole vibe and what would be the go-to song for those artists for you because then I can link them into um, our show Shirley Horn um, Here's to Life uh, it's, it's the title of an album but that song that's my funeral song I want that song on my funeral wow <laughs> Here's to it. Life what a great song title though <laughs> um, Here's to Life love it Colin McRae I don't know there's a brilliant album live album of hers just called Jazz Standards okay and it's so live like you can hear people eating their dinner oh wow I love that about it like and it's just standards. Um, her Joe Patterson guitar. She plays me like yeah. Everyone should hear that album. Wow. Um, Betty Carter is tough. Like I guess there's a song of hers called Tight that I really like. But she also did an album with Carl McRae, which I absolutely love. Those two together. Their version of Stolen Moments is ah amazing. Oh, fantastic. Um, and I mean, obviously you cross over. Do do you bring these kind of songs to your soul singers, or are you doing that more with more sort of like? No, yeah, with, well, with soul singers, I try and, um, I don't think they'd like it if I brought them a load of weird jazz stuff. Um, so we do stick to, like, soul, gospel, blue, right, we stick to that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and as an arranger, I love sort of taking a pop tune and, like, 
twisted it and making it into something else. Yeah. So I quite like kind of taking a pop tune and making it more gospel or like um have you got like some of the modern gospel stuff like Kirk, that kind of stuff as well Kirk Franklin kind of stuff yeah um, and also just like nice arrangements of like they they give me a list each year of songs they want to do you know and most of them are usually rubbish they know that <laughs> i always say that most of these are rubbish but there's usually a couple of gems on there so one that came from my cambridge choir recently was lovely day bill withers oh and um and i really got into arranging that and i really yeah I'm but really doing something different with it because that's the thing isn't yeah. it and I get the impression you want to make it more interesting and add in some yeah well I want I want people to hear soul singers and go oh I've never heard it like that before yeah you know because like and um, for me as an arranger like that's the nice thing about being able to do that is that you can make it you know you can make it to suit the voices you've got and the abilities you've got mm. um but also put your own twist on it so that it's not going to be like anyone else's, you know. Love that, you know? absolutely But they that. always moan and they go, oh, can't, you know, you, you always write it different so we can't just listen to the record. And I was like, yes, it's a challenge, come on. <laughs> that's the point, you've, that's it, you've got to grow your grow your skill set, amazing. And with the, with the Cambridge Jazz Festival Choir, we do more jazz stuff. So we do more, like we do a few more standards with James Taylor and that kind of crossover sort of so slightly different, although we still do the kind of like everyone wants to sing still delivered or like everyone loves that stuff. So yeah. still do some of those classics between the two. Stevie yeah. Wonder's just like the best. Oh, absolutely amazing! <sighs> yeah. Amazing. It's the, his name is probably the one that's come up the most when I've said to people, you know, who could you never tire of listening to? Yeah, his name comes up the most. Absolutely, yeah. Just, and just yeah. as a writer, yeah, you listen to songs in the key. There is not a bad song on there. Mm everyone is absolute killer you just think gosh what an amazing like talent like absolutely well i've got one last question for you andy which is what is vocal freedom to you <laughs> well i think actually i think you've said it it's having the instrument that you feel you can use any way you want yeah you know so not having any restrictions of you know, and you hear kind of amateur singers say, oh, oh well, I can't do that because it's on my break, or I can't do this, or oh, it's a bit high, or it's a bit, you know. Mm. Having the freedom to be able to, not so not having any um, technical barriers to you being able to use your voice however you want. Yeah. So whether you want to sing, a, you know, crazy Whitney Houston power ballad or a kind of low, sultry jazz ballad or scat 10 choruses on Cherokee or sing a real heavy rock song or just to feel that you can do all those things and that there's nothing within your voice that is going oh I can't do that because of this thing about my voice I can't do that because of you know yeah people do um, restrict themselves a lot don't they sort of convince themselves and put these sort of limiting beliefs on themselves and and like so much of it's psychological agreed knowing you can do it so I think part of the freedom is in your head and having the confidence. And with those two things, like, then, yes, it's your, your vocal oyster. Like, Oh, that's a nice one. Can, you can sing whatever you want. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's not, if you, if you do want to learn to improvise, it's not too late. If you do want to sing with a rock band, it's not too late. Yeah. You, just, you know, your voice is like learning the guitar. It is the same. Yeah. Like, there are there are technical things like you know, I've had technical things and like setbacks and through practice you can come through them. Definitely. Um, but 
but I think you know don't assume that your voice is always going to be there don't take it you know um but know that it's going to grow with you as well definitely yeah that's really 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 cool advice thank you so so much (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much for joining me and being a fantastic guest and giving me lots of information about what you've got coming up and hopefully lots of people are going to come and join in with you yeah the workshop on the 21st of november yeah please let people know about that yes a lot of fun um like people send their videos and off it you know i think it's going to be a really nice thing take care lovely bye thank you for joining me on the vocal freedom podcast I hope you've enjoyed the episode and we'll move into your day with a bit more vocal freedom, feeling that you can express using your voice and let the world hear what you have to say. Visit colchestervoiceacademy.com forward slash podcast. Sign up to be kept informed as new episodes are published and consider joining our online community. Membership to this will allow you to post questions to our guests link you to show notes, social media links, and entitle you to exclusive offers from our guests. See you next time.